everybody, and welcome to another episode of Draw Near. This week, we're going to explore two petitions in the Our Father. We're going to look at Thy Kingdom Come and Thy Will Be Done, continuing this short series on the Our Father. Uh, by no means are any of these episodes an exhaustive treatment of, of any particular petition within the Our Father. They're really the fruit of my own reflection and prayer uh, on what Jesus gave us in light of Scripture, in light of the saints, in light of the teachings of the church. That said, I hope you're enjoying this series of, of short segments as Kara and I continue to work through a very busy summer for both of us. We will have some updates, no doubt, coming for you soon and be back together for an upcoming full-length episode, and I'm very much looking forward to that. We have the rest of the story uh, with a two-part episode we did on the four last things coming up soon. Uh, you need the good news. We talked about death and judgment, right? You need to hear some good news. So look for that coming soon. For this week, we're looking at, again, the Our Father, the words, Thy kingdom come. We'll start there. Thy kingdom come. Here we're reminded that Christ has indeed established his kingdom. Right? He overcame Satan by his passion, by his death, resurrection, and ascension. By his blood, he has indeed purchased for us, just like we pray at Mass, the rewards of eternal life. and has made freedom from bondage to sin and death available to us. Satan is defeated. However, as we go about our day-to-day in this world, it doesn't quite always look like that's the case, does it? We turn on the news, we see the sufferings of others, we scroll through our social media, and we, even in our own struggles in our own lives, when we look at these things, it can be difficult to conclude that the kingdom of God has come. That's because it has come, just not fully. There's a saying that goes, already and not yet. We have an entire liturgical season highlighting this very truth. It's Advent. This is when we remember all of salvation history and those key moments in Scripture that anticipated the coming of Christ and the establishment of of the kingdom. We recount the great story of salvation, the fulfillment of the promises and the prophecies that unfolded in the pages of the Bible and history, recognizing God's providence at work in all these things. We also look forward with great hope to Christ's second coming, when the kingdom will be fully established, when Christ will come, not as an unassuming infant in a manger, but the Lord of glory, our King and our Judge. We pray for Christ to come again as he promised, and for God's reign to prevail definitively, perfectly, forever. It will be evident. Additionally, in this petition, as well as in Advent, we are reminded of another sense of this coming kingdom. That is, Christ and his kingdom coming daily in our hearts and in our daily lives. Praying for the kingdom to come fully strengthens our commitment to building the kingdom of God in the world as we are called to do, to renew and transform the world around us through the joy of the gospel. We are praying that God's kingdom would come through our sanctification in the Holy Spirit. That is to say, our pursuit of Him, our deepening relationship with God, and the transformation we experience in our hearts and in our lives through the workings of His grace. We are saying, Lord, your kingdom come in my heart, in my life, in my home, in my relationships. Lord, wherever I go, your kingdom come in and through me through my commitment to love and serve others, to work for justice and peace. Lord, to be your witness. Lord, may your kingdom come. It is here that we can point back to our previous episode, Hallowed Be Thy Name. In this petition, Thy kingdom come, we see that we are called to further the reign of God and his kingdom through the way we live our lives. Or a more accurate way to phrase it, the way we allow him to live his life in and through us. We just celebrated the Feast of St. John the Baptist, and so his words come to mind here. 
He must increase and I must decrease. There's a joyful expectation of the final and full coming of the kingdom of God that should animate our lives. It should guide us in the way of peace. It should help us to live our lives as though what we believe and profess is true, because it is. Christ is indeed returning again at a time when we know not. That should be a source of joy, but also one that should inspire faithfulness and diligence on our part. He's coming. The king is coming again. With this petition, thy will be done, we may ask, what is his will that we pray to be done? The answer is easy enough. He wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth, as 1 Timothy 2.4 tells us. In this petition, we are praying that our will would be so united with his that his plan of salvation for the world would be fulfilled. We all have a part to play in bringing about this great loving plan of salvation. By virtue of our baptism, we are all agents of evangelization and have received both the call and the grace to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and his great love with the world. We may let fear and doubt prevent us from stepping out in this way, but each in our own way, according to our own state in life and where we find ourselves, we are all called and gifted to do just this good example of this comes to mind. I think of my oldest daughter. Years ago, my wife and I were out at dinner, and she was about three years old, and we had shared with her that when you love the Lord, you can't help but share that love with others. In fact, that that's what we're called to. The Lord made us to know him, to love him, to serve him, so that we could be happy with him in heaven. And part of that knowing and loving and serving him is helping others to do the same. And she, as much as any three-year-old could possibly understand it, perhaps even more by grace, took that to heart. And as we were out to dinner one night, she got up from our table, walked over to a couple eating dinner across from us, and she just looked them with the biggest smile on her face and said one word, Jesus. That's all she said, Jesus. They looked at her puzzled and confused, didn't really know what was going on. I got up, brought her back to our table. The same thing happened about three or four more times. I'd get up, I'd bring her back to the table. She'd say, Jesus. And finally, I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, well, I love Jesus, and I want them to love Jesus too. How inspiring is that? That is what it looks like when a person is taking seriously the prayer, the petition, thy kingdom come. How inspiring, how convicting in a way. (laughs) Because as adults, many of us don't have the courage that that three-year-old had, right? My kids are always teaching me stuff, and I'm so grateful for their witness. In this petition, we are praying that following the example of Christ, we would endure our crosses for the joy that is set before us, as Hebrews 12.2 tells us. What is that joy that was set before Christ as he endured the cross? The salvation of souls. The joy that was set before Christ was every one of us. The joy that was set before Christ was you listening. It was me. The gift of salvation was made available through his suffering. The joy that is set before us is our family, our members, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our acquaintances, and as hard as this may be to accept, even our perceived enemies, whom we are called to love and pray for. Again, we are called to love as Christ loved. We are ambassadors of Christ and agents of evangelization. The crosses we bear in this life, whatever they may be, can do much to help bring about their salvation, to help bring about a world that is more loving. And so we unite our sufferings with Christ, knowing that God works in all things 
for the good of those who love him. C.S. Lewis in The Great Divorce. I love C.S. Lewis. I love The Great Divorce. Read it many times. It's a great book. And there's a great line in there in which it said, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And those who say, my kingdom come, my will be done. In our first episode on the Our Father, I mentioned how the Our Father is a go-to prayer for me. This line from C.S. Lewis is actually one of the reasons why the Our Father is a go-to prayer for me. I think about my marriage and those moments when conflict may arise in marriage. I'm reminded of this line. And, And the reason that is, is because in marriage, we're called to edify each other, to build each other up, ultimately to help each other get to heaven. And so when you're with somebody for a long time, in those moments of conflict, you know the right words, the things that will hurt the most. And so do you say those things to prove yourself right or to win the fight? Or do you hold back? There's a choice there to make. Is what I'm about to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Or is what I'm about to say, my kingdom come, my will be done? The reality there is, if those words are cutting those words are hurtful. It's not his kingdom that you're building. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is edifying one another. My kingdom come, my will be done is tearing each other down. And so I always pray the Our Father in those situations because in the immortal words of the prophet Ice Cube, it helps me to check myself before I wreck myself. Didn't see 90s hip-hop lyrics coming, no doubt, but it's true, and and there's a lot of good advice in that. We see this in Scripture as well. In the example of Mary, we see surrender to the will of God. Be it unto me according to thy word, O God, she says. But in the example of Eve, we see effectively, be it unto me according to my word. Every temptation, especially those we give into, still have that ring about them. The ring of the serpent, his voice. Has God really said Be it unto me according to my word. I can do whatever I want. But freedom exists actually in knowing the good and doing it, no matter the cost. Knowing what's right and doing it. The real sin of Adam and Eve, as John Paul II tells us, was thinking they knew better than God. Enter prayer. Enter the Our Father. Praying this petition helps us to direct our hearts toward Him and doing His will. In this petition, we pray that our will would be united to that of Christ. We see this profoundly in the Blessed Mother and the lives of the saints. We ask that his loving plan would be fully realized in the earth and in our hearts as it has been in heaven. It is in this prayer that we can discern what is his will, but also receive the grace and the courage to do it. It takes courage to do the will of God in the world, especially a world that is so opposed to it. We are reminded in Scripture, of course, that we should love God, love our neighbors, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, and our strength, that we should seek first the kingdom, put the Lord before all things, that we should put our trust in Him and surrender all that burden us. Yet making decisions from day to day, and especially about our future, can be so overwhelming and cause so much anxiety. Whether we realize it or not, at every moment of the day, we are presented with a decision to make. Who am I serving? Whose kingdom am I building? The Our Father furthers our reflection on this very point and helps us to discern rightly. Thanks be to God, the Our Father reveals much about the will of God, that we should work to make His name known, that we should pray for our needs and the needs of others, that we should work to help meet the physical and spiritual needs of others as we're able, that we should be merciful to others because God has been merciful to us. 
There's so much more that can be said here, but that's why we'll continue this discussion over the next few episodes on the Our Father. To wrap things up here, one of the best summaries of this petition, Thy Kingdom Come and Thy Will Be Done in particular, that I have found, comes from the Youth Catechism, actually, the UCAT. So I'm going to close with this as we round out the episode. It says this, As long as we continue to set our hearts on our own plans, our will, and our ideas, earth cannot become heaven. One person wants this, the other that. We find our happiness, however, when together we want what God wills. Praying means making room bit by bit for God's will on this earth. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to Draw Near. 